Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned Timberwolves slash Gophers basketball. We will end, uh, much like we did for the Vikings show, we will end, uh, you know, the episode talking about the Gophers who, you know, they, they've stumbled a little bit here of late, but they are having an improved season from, you know, from from normal stuff, but as far as the Timberwolves, man, we will try not to go too long in our nutshell of the season. Obviously, in many ways, it's been glorious. Uh, there's some little nitpicky stuff, really, on the offensive end that still needs to be ironed out, which is pretty damn good. We got a lot of time, and uh, we definitely have like the firepower to do it. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit about how the season's been going since we're just doing our first show of the year and kind of catch it up. And we'll kind of highlight both Boston and the Clippers game because they've recently happened and we had two different outcomes, but both of them overall were pretty damn positive considering who, you know, they were playing. Then of course, we'll look forward, you know, to this week tomorrow at Detroit, um, then a home game, Memphis, and then on Thursday and then Saturday, a big, big game, Oklahoma City, who's nipping right at our toes to try to take over the number one spot. It just sounds weird saying the number one seed. It's it's really funky. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find this here Living in Loserville podcast in a variety of ways. Under Ropadope Radio, it's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Download the podcast app, Player FM, uh, Google Podcasts. We also have a homepage on Spricker. Check it out, Living in Loserville. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing for DirecTV Stream. Check out the DirecTV Stream package that works for you. Get the best in streaming TV. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Right now, they have a DirecTV Stream in Stars special. Order today, $5.50 a month for three months. Go to the website, Direct TV stream or call 1-800-531-5000. That's direct TV stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host Aaron here. Um, you know, <laughs> it's been crazy to be in, like, I think the numbers like 19 days or something like that. Um, back the only other time, not only did we get the number one seed, but the only time we've ever been out of the first round as a franchise, I think we held it for like 19 days. And if I remember correctly, we had to win like the last five or six games. One of them was on the road at the Spurs in like a 91-89 type game. But it's just crazy that we're nearing two months worth where we've held down the number one spot. I mean, I thought we'd be out of the playing spot, Aaron. But I, I didn't think that we would be the number one seed this long, my friend. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, well, I knew it all along. You know, I was thinking back in October. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's surprising, Chris. It's also, you know, if you want to rewind or go back and listen to the Living Loserville podcast, right after the Rudy trade, 
you and I were throwing around ideas and we we're like, okay, well this could work and that could work. And you know, uh, if you're going to see doubles and bigs and you're going to have the bigs to big lobs and things like that. And we're like, you know, last year we're like, well, where is it? What is the stuff that we're seeing? All these possibilities that we pointed out on that show with Rudy uh, being in the mix and we didn't see any of it or, or very little of it. And we're like, well, this is confusing because why aren't they doing this and that? And, and now we're starting to see those things, Chris. We're starting to see the pick and rolls, um, you know, Conley being a big addition for that purpose and also just, you know, an old head to settle things uh, down at times and to uh, get guys into, into, into plays and whatnot. And then, you know, Rudy, the cat and those type of things that we thought we'd see uh, when the trade happened, we're starting to see throughout the course of this season. And um, it's been a shocker to me because I just wonder, well, why wasn't that a thing last year? Maybe it had to do with D'Lo and the change and a lot of stuff like that. Who knows? But it's sure good to see this year. And obviously, you know, defensively, Rudy's a big deal. But, you know, offensively, too, he, he's not just, you know, the pillar that we saw last year where we just, you know, put him by the basket and everybody else does their thing. And he's actually involved defensively, which is great. And uh, I think he's improved maybe gotten more comfortable within things and it's kind of just elevated everything else. Plus, you know, you know, the bench is a little bit tighter, a little bit better. Um, Conley being a big addition there to help. Uh, things just seem to gel together a lot better. And it's sort of what we envisioned uh, back when they made the trade. And, uh, you know, it just, we couldn't figure out what was going on last year, Chris. And I, I don't think we ever will, but it's sure nice to see this year. And it's really got them in a good position to be in the number one uh, seed this far into the season. Um, Obviously, it's a rarefied air around here. And, uh, it, you know, if you would have said you were going to call it after last season, I wouldn't believe you. But it does make sense when you look at the parts and pieces. Yeah, I mean, last year, it, it's like we knew it was going to take time to kind of get it together. Um, but obviously, Cat missing 53 games was such a such a harmful thing for as far as, like, getting it together, you know. Um, and I think we kind of forget, like, because I remember the first picture we saw of Cat two years ago in camp, because remember he had to come in camp really late because he had that throat infection. He lost a bunch of weight, and I'm like, dude, you're really leaning into this four spot. Like, I don't know if that's smart. Like, oh, okay. Oh, he went to the hospital. I did not know that. So they literally got, like, two practices in one game together, and then it's like, all right, go get him, you know? And so I think – having that full camp um, because you just don't get to pre- – it's something we talked about last year We and just ongoingly in the NBA. You don't really get to practice a whole lot in the NBA during the year, like real legit practices, and I think that plays into it a lot. And we just needed the time. So many folks were talking about we got to trade, we got to do this, we got to do that. It's like – you know, this isn't like franchise video game stuff. You know, when you make – it's one thing to, like, not agree with the trade. That's fair. I get it. You know, I do get it. But you're not going to make that kind of trade and then not at least let a full season go by. And I remember talking about, you know, in the off season and even kind of, you know, as we closed down shop last year, and talking to folks, you know, kind of since then, it was kind of like, well, let's let, let's let at least wait to the trade deadline. Then you got about eighty plus games together. Then we can really see um, if it's going to work. But 
Yeah, last year was just kind of a mess in a variety of ways. Um, and one of the big things, improvement-wise, remember, we had such a great record, like top three, top four against the above 500 teams, right? And we've held that, right? I think we are second. We've played the most, but we're second in the league as far as wins and record behind Boston over 500 teams. But remember last year we had, like, I think the third third worst or something like that um, record against below. So we weren't, you know, taking every single game 100% Seriously, now, some of that is a, a youthful team that needed experience. But as a whole, that was a that was a killer because we're sitting in the play-in area going, God damn it, if we just would have won like three or four more of those games, we would, we'd been having four or five days out before we had to play a game. So that, that's been a big improvement. Um, we have done really, really well against those bad teams. And yet we've steadied ourselves, you know, off of that uh, as far as against the, the good teams. And when you look at it, I really was wondering, it was it was about four, three or four games right before Christmas that we started. I think it started with the New Orleans loss, if I remember correctly. But we, we had a 16-game stretch of, you know, right in a row of all above 500 teams. And 11 of those 16 were on the road. And I think if you go the game before it, it was 12 out of 17 games in general on the road, right? So it was like, man, are we going to go 500? Are we going to, you know, what are we going to do here? This is a big, you know, time here and a, and a great test. Some of it for about a maybe a three, four-game stretch got a little funky. We kind of lost some of our fundamentals on defense. We, we kind of were looking kind of like the ball was getting a little sticky. We, we kind of – Kind of had a little rut there. We ended up finally losing back-to-back games, and I really wanted to see our response off that. We were the the only team left um, that hadn't lost back-to-back games in the league, so I re- you knew it was coming. Um, but you just kind of wanted to see, okay, how are they going to do after that? And they did pretty damn good. I mean, you know, in that stretch, they were nine and seven. But if you go back to that Boston game or the Dallas game. Either one of those, right? Um, you know, it could have been 10 and 6 pretty easily. Now, it wasn't, could have, would have, should have. But that schedule was intense. And, and, and even, we'll start talking about that Boston game in a second. And even that Boston game, I loved how we didn't use the travel. I think we were three games and four nights by that time. And and also, you know, we weren't able. I think Denver. This happened to Denver for to, facing uh, us earlier this year, where uh, there was a big storm in Orlando, and so we could we we had to take off the day of the game, land and go and go to it basically. Um, and we didn't use that as an excuse. And yeah, you know, it wasn't the best finish. That is some of those nitpicky stuff that we are going to have to figure out. Um, offensively, no doubt about it, but I just loved the intensity, the energy, the fight in that game, and it really, that's not the one game that, you know, showed me or whatever, but that really, that did kind of show me, just that stretch in general, um, to still hold on to the number one spot, the West, as we know, is deep, there are some teams that, you know, that are at like 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 
right now that are going to be better in the next few months. We've seen it every single year for the last few years now. So it's a tight-ass race. We knew it was going to be, but I really like what I saw, man. 16 in a row, dude, and 11 them on the road. That's a rough schedule, and we didn't, you know, go – we didn't take these large step backwards. That that was pretty key to me, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, if we would have been doing the show when we were stuck in Viking show, but we would have definitely highlighted that that run of games there and probably would have, you know, documented all the way through with a little bit of like, ee, this could get, you know, this could get ugly. And they kind of came through it all pretty well, Chris. And, you know, I think a lot of it, like you were saying about the practices and the and the camp and whatnot, I mean, what I've noticed a lot is just the defensive intensity and the consistency of it and the knowledge. You know, they're, it's not like guys know where to go, how to get there, what to do now, and that's experience, that's practice, and that's just want to. And at this point, you know, that's something we always thought, you know, well, God, if they could do this and, you know, get Jaden on this and, and get Rudy to do this. But you know, things were kind of off in their defensive rotations last year, you know, just kind of missing a step from here to there. But this year it's kind of really tightened up and, really been effective and you know <clears throat> I think I've been impressed with with the, the structure of the defense but more impressed that it's there every night Chris you know it's consistent and they're not you know yes. there's, some nights are better than others we'll give you that depending on who you plan but you're never there hasn't been a game yet where I've looked and said okay these guys are walking through. this is a walkthrough they're not you know I'm not seeing that they, there's fight in them every night and that's that's all you can ask for and I think it's a huge part of winning games too particularly if you're going to go on a stretch of a bunch of above 500 teams and especially on the road. I mean, defense travels is what they say. And, uh, you know, maybe this team's gotten it and figured it out. They're young bodies for the most part. Uh, they're long and, uh, it's very effective. And I think they need to like, you know, I want to continue to see at the very least, even if you go through a rough patch that your defensive intensity and structure, uh, stays in place. Yeah, you're right. And, I I was wondering, was it going to lead to three or four losses? And, you know, even a team that can make, let's say, you know, the second round, the conference final, right? I'm going to stop right there. But um, you'll, you, you'll have a four-game losing streak. It's not the most crazy, unheard of thing. And uh, the big thing is not to let it to get to five and six and seven. And, and that's something that even last year, we would lose four in a row, then come back and win four in a row. And, you know, it's really inconsistent. But like you said, that defense for the most part, man, has just been – it's been elite. And we can play it a couple different ways. And when you look at Rudy – and that's another thing. That's another Rudy piece is, you know, they kind of – they weren't going to straight up say, hey, Rudy's hurt, you know, coming into camp last year. You know, they, Of course, you're not going to just straight up say that. Um but he was, you know, now that it, it's like we always find out stuff after the year's done. Like, not all of it, but we do find out certain things. And he definitely came in the camp not being able to move that well. And you could tell the first part of the season, you're like, man, he looks stiff. He's this. And then all of a sudden there's that moment where you're like, wow, dude, he's really moving. And then, you know, right before the playoffs, uh, you know, he hurt himself again. He literally, you know, after that uh, <laughs> that little fight with uh, slow-mo, um, you know, even before that, that was what the fight was about was like, Hey dude, if your back hurts, then you got to go back and get some treatment. Don't, you know, we need someone to get that rebound type shit. And, and, you know, one thing led to another. And, um, but he 
has just been moving so well, so quick. And I think, you know, of course, like offensively, there's going to be some times during a game where it's just going to look clunky or be like, what are you doing there, you know? Now, he has every once in a while done some moves where you're like, okay, you did work on something on, you know, something different uh, in the offseason. But I think the stuff, Aaron, that we were forcing him to do, he was always the drop coverage. He had mostly mediocre to poor defensive players around him in Utah. And it, he was just drop coverage, drop coverage. That's all he knew. Well, we still had him playing drop, and he, and he still does. But remember last year we had him – crashing behind screens, going out to the perimeter, like really doing some stuff he didn't normally do and people said he couldn't do. And sometimes it looks bad, but a lot of times now, man, it was really worth it because we challenged him and we gave him probably too fair of a shot early to 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 get the ball so much in the post. You know, I think that was kind of like Finchie saying, hey, we'll let you do it, but if the shit don't go well, we're not going to keep doing that. You know, you do have to be – in the rebound dunker spot, moving around slightly. Um, and, and you know, that's, I mean, even in this Clipper game, like I said, we'll start with the Boston game in a second, but, I mean, he blocked, like, Kawhi a couple times. Like, this year, Aaron, so many people have gone to the paint and just been like, well, we're going to keep dribbling over here. We're not even going to put up a shot, you know. So some people like to say, well, he's not leading the league in blocks. Okay, but he's leading the league of I'm not putting up a goddamn shot around this guy. Um, so that's something that has really stood out is just, you know, Rudy is quicker. He's obviously healthier, but a lot of the stuff that we were just forcing him to do that looked clunky, um, it's really paying off now. And, that uh, you know, there's some times last year and this year where we he got not necessarily fully played off the floor, but there were some times where we were like, you know what, this lineup's working, we're not going to use the last five minutes, or we're going to, you know, we're going to put you on the bench for like maybe three or four minutes, and that type of thing like we did with the Clippers. Rudy this year, man, he is just moving really fast, and he's active, and he's motivated, man. And on both sides of the floor, you know, that's the interesting part. I mean, he's there for the pick and rolls when a lot of times it's him and Conley. Um, or him and Cat, those are my favorite ones. When Cat and, and Rudy start to run pick and roll, it's pretty cool. Um, there for some bunny passes, uh, offensive rebounds. I think that's a place he can improve a little bit. Defensive rebounds, uh, he does pretty good rebounding. I think he can improve rebounding in general, but, um, I think, you know, that is a big thing. And I didn't know, I forgot about the injury thing. So that's a good reason. But yeah, he seems looser. He seems like more integrated is a way to put it. And hats off to Finch for like, you know, seeing the guys he's got taking a good look at him last year and kind of reconfiguring what he wants to do defensively. Like I love when he he's found a way to get Jaden on the best player. Most of the time um, that's been cool. I didn't, I mean, he tried to do that a little bit last year, but I don't think it was as it stuck out as much. Um, but this year it's like, okay, now we know, boom, Jaden's going to go there and work his magic over there. And he's great defender. Um, and cats have been pretty good defensively. They've all been good defensively. And you're not seeing those like, you know, three time a quarter gaffes where it's just some guy wide open in the corner or, <laughs> right. you know, somebody right under the bucket. It's like, okay, well, whose guy was that? You know, nobody knows. Um, you're not seeing those gaffes as often. Yeah. You'll see them, but not as often. And it's right. just nice to see. And yeah, Rudy's, he's getting slicker and they're all kind of getting slicker. And then, you know, just before we get in this quickly, I just want to go off about slow-mo a bit. 
Um, yeah. Saw a little bit last year, but man, this guy's sneaky. He's just, you know, smart and he's good and he kind of knows what the game needs at the time. I really like this guy. I really like how he plays. Um, and it's like, you know, a bunny here, a basket here. Uh, you know, it, it's just clever basketball. That's what, what a great, you know, addition and, and Walker Alexander as well. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about, he kind of got off to a weird start. He's getting better of late. Obviously, you know, us playing him at the three more has affected his game. He's definitely not. Like, the best position is not the small fourth. I think that's pretty evident. He really hasn't played much of it in his career. And, uh, you know, they have been of recent times putting him in the four more often. And some of that is, you know, Nas, you know, gotten such good shape. And since he's been here, you know, three, four years ago, I think it's his fourth year or whatever, um, the improvements he's made to his game, I mean, I think overall he dropped 50 pounds because, you know, when we first got here, they were having him wanting to get bigger and stuff like that. And so him being able to play the four has kind of been kind of funky for Anderson. Um, but, yeah, that, that four point guard thing, you know, he, right now he's kind of an active backup point guard, which is kind of funky. But, yeah, you're right. He he, uh, he just makes the right play last year. You know, he was a lot more confident in his outside shot. That's the one thing. Um, it was good in the last game to see him hit it, knock down a three. That was his only, that was his fourth three of the year, or the fourth make of the year. Um, but I think they figured out, you know, you can't consistently play the three, or we just got to get the ball in his hands. Kind of like what you said about Conley, it's a calming effect, and it's just a fit thing, and you got to put, you know, everybody in their strengths and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Ant has taken steps up as far as, you know, the points, the average. The, he basically keeps doing that, right? Every year he's gone up a little bit in, in, in field goal position, you know, all that. That's just kind of what he does, right? But I think um, one of the big things that's really highlighted is his mid-range game. I do sometimes wish he would go to it more often, but his mid-range game – has really impressed me, and also we're starting to see more and more of the playmaking. Um, now, he's a natural scorer, right? Uh, we know the whole last year, the whole point ant. No, don't, don't do point ant yet, okay? He's not ready for it. Let the kid grow into it. But there are some gains. Sometimes it's when he's not shooting as well, and he'll even say after the game, Conley told me no more threes, you know? And he's like, all right, I got you. And then all of a sudden he'll have eight or ten assists. And so the free throws, though, if you look at the biggest jump in all his game, um, it's the free throw percentage. And he's starting to get to the line more and more. And Finch has said this a couple times this year. Once he figures out that aggression just means being aggressive, not aggressive scoring all the time, but just being aggressive – draw the attention and kick it to the corner for that 60% Mike Conley corner three. Um, and most of the time, everybody's better in the corner. There has been some games this year that I've been very, very impressed in seeing those flashes of, dude, that's what we really need you to do. Um, now, you know, the turnovers haven't been great per se there. He still takes some really difficult 
or just bad shots where you're like the timing of it. It's just, you just, you know, move on the ball and you'll probably get it back and you'll catch and shoot, you know? So he is kind of still working on that, but you have seen him improve overall. And like I said, you could tell he worked on that mid range right off the bat because he's using the glass a lot more. And I really like what I've seen him there. Um, Cat, you know, is fit in. We're starting to be able to spread the flow more. Obviously, spacing in this lineup is is going to be you know going to be an important thing all year. I think we finally found places for Cat to get the ball and actually get him the ball. A lot of people last year or years past would be like, "Hey, shoot more." Well, okay, he's not a point guard though. He's not bringing the ball up, dude. He's got to get the ball. Um, so that's been key. Um, and he's been Mr. Efficiency. He's basically 50, 40, almost 90. I think he's shooting 88 or 89 from the free throw line. And I think people lose sight of him being the second guy next to Ant. He doesn't need as many shots. He's a very efficient player. And you're going to need a guy that can go for 30 or 40 at any given night. You need a second, third, fourth score. And so I think people kind of get lost in that. Um, so he's re- he's had probably four or five games where you're like, eh, wasn't a good game from him. But other than that, he's been he's been lights out. Now he still um, has the offensive fall issue. And we know it's a it's a broken record, right? He, does, he gets a horrible whistle. I guess you could say the Timberwolves as a whole, but he is one of those guys that – has routinely gotten a horrible whistle. But I am seeing some improvements on not letting it get to him to where, okay, I'm just going to go foul someone on this next play or try to go for the block so hard that I end up following him. Um, so I, th- I think there's only been a couple games like that. He's really tightened up like that. Him and, and lately he's gotten into some foul problems. All but one game. He's figured out how to play, and Finchie trusts them, how to play with foul problems. And I think I've seen a, a minor improvement there, but Cat still um, has to figure out, and I know they're not all great calls, but the offensive foul with the hook, the hook, it, it's still there too much. Um, so that's something I think that, you know, he could definitely work on. But like you said, Conley just a calming – I mean, it sure would have been nice just to maybe parlay uh, to that Celtics game. It sure would have been nice to have Conley, although I like that we finally rested him um, because he's been playing a lot of minutes at 36, um, and especially how that travel during the day thing and play at night. Um, It would have been nice to have him, but uh, he has been a calming force ever since he got here in the little – you know, two-man game that they can always go to that always, you know, with Rudy, that doesn't necessarily mean they're both going to get a shot or one of them's going to get a shot. It can be, you know, somebody wide open too. Um, but, yeah, any other thoughts as we parlay into what was a damn good game against right now the best team in the league with the Celtics? I'm just glad you mentioned Nas uh, and a little segment that you said on him. Um, you know, this guy. Like you said, he came in, he's a little, you know, flat-footed guy, you know, a funky three-point shot, and uh, he's really just progressed into, like, a great bench player um, here, three-pointers, uh, a lot of energy off the bench. He gets to the basket, uh, has a little bit of range on his shots, a little crafty around the, the rim. I mean, even good in transition. I mean, I think that's a huge part of 
having Rudy Cat and, and Nas. Uh, there's your bigs. Uh, different flavors, uh, but still long and, and can get in there and out. Now, the Celtics game, Chris, you said it was a great game to watch. And you know in the back of Celtics' mind, they're like, yeah, but they didn't have Rudy and they didn't have Conley. And, you know, we've escaped right. with a home victory here in overtime. Um, and a little bit of Ant, you know, that's the thing. They kind of pressured Ant with a double all night. Uh, you and I talked a little bit all off air. This is like lagging double that would come from the nearest guy. And Ant's got to learn to pick these things up. And I think that's experiencing all the star players. It's always what you hear for two years is, you know, got to learn about the double teams and recognizing and reacting and so on. And, you know, they kind of trapped Ant and coming down the stretch a little bit, uh, which probably was the tail of the tape there. But, yeah, what a great, great game. I mean, I thought defensively we hung in there. Tatum was a you know, was a beast, but he kind of always is. Um, but, you know, there's some stuff going on Celtics. Like, yeah, I don't really think they're a great lineup, uh, but they're winning. So, you know, who the hell am I to say that? But uh, I thought, you know, what we did have in there uh, played pretty well, Chris. And, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be as close uh, having those two guys out. Um, I thought maybe, you know, it'd be one of those clunkers or at least, you know, we'd be trailing. Like a scheduled loss game. type thing. Yeah, something like that. But they came and they fought. And, you know, Ant picked it up, and they started going him offensively down the stretch, you know, uh, wouldn't say isolation, but focusing on getting him the ball and came through a couple times. Um, and it's just a progression with Ant, like you said, of, you know, we can't, you know, he's, what, year three now? And, you know, that's it's year four. Year four, okay. Well, you know, in the progression there, you know, it's it's jumped up. Like his numbers are up. Like you said, free throws up. Now it's recognizing, reading, reacting, and, and that type of stuff. And, you know, it's going to come through eventually because, you know, he's going to, he's going to work on it. But um, yeah, the Boston game was just back and forth and, you know, we had the lead and we don't like giving up leads, but you know, you ended up in overtime. You had every opportunity to win that game. Uh, would have been nice to win. Would have been a feather in our cap, but I don't think it's the end of the world that we didn't. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. I mean, before the game, scheduled loss, the instant, you know, excuse of, well, we just got in today, you know, that type of thing. You see that a lot, and you see it in their legs or something like that. And I'm saying any team in that scenario you saw it when Denver did it with us. They didn't look right. But they play pretty good considering. And, um, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the year, if, if, if someone would ask, like, hey, you think we're going to sweep Boston? You know what I mean? I'd be like, what are you stupid? I'll put money that we don't. Obviously, we didn't. But yeah, that just you know we already we played them twice. One near the, the beginning of the year. One now. Both of them went to overtime. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now with uh, three thirty-five left. We were up by nine. You know, should have put the game away. Uh, I definitely think calmly would have been the, the offense. Just the, the calming effect in the offense. Just Running smoother would have helped. Um, and I think, looking at the numbers, he was one of seven with four turnovers in the fourth quarter in overtime. And he even said, hey, man, I, I struggled. I didn't go fast enough. Because, um, like you said, we were we were doing a lot of isolation with him, and we were getting the switch he wanted. But then by the time he did something about it, you know, it was a little too late. And, and some mental errors just in general. I remember Alexander Walker before he just going dribbling the ball at the court and he just kind of 
leans into someone way too much where it's like you're not even taking a shot or anything like that. It just, just uh, you know, com- some mental errors in general. It wasn't all amp, but obviously, you know, when, you, when you're when you the go-to guy, that's going to be highlighted there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they hit 19 threes. Um, just overall, I think it really showed um, both of those games. We'll talk about the Clippers game in a second. Both of those games kind of showed, hey, we're right there with these guys, you know, and we just need to tweak. And, and it is kind of funny. Go figure. We got this uh, offensive genius coach, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to work on. But our defense is nasty. It, it's really funny. Um, but I will say this, you know, you can even there is enough of a core unit of players, uh, Aaron, that were there two years ago at Memphis when we had all those leads and we gave them up in the fourth quarter. And as we get in this Clippers game next, you know, we were up 17 with like five minutes left. Shit, we were up by 12 with like three minutes left. It never should have came down to a one-position game. Um, so that there was bad turnovers. There was mental errors once again. And whistles. I mean, let's not – some of those whistles, Chris, uh, talking about home cooking, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go on a limb here, but it's Boston and – Sure. You know, some of those whistles, you want to say bad whistles, I, you know, that's not for me to say, but I, I didn't like some of them. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Um, and and even mention that Alexander Walker, you know, something happened to literally him. Uh, it just was in a different position. It wasn't just walking the ball up, so it wasn't as obvious. But, yeah, I agree. And that's going to be an – until you get out of the first round, you know, and until you get all the way to like a conference final, you know, it is what it is. You know, the refs, it, he doesn't do the whining nearly as much, like barely at all, <clears throat> like he used to, Cat, or the talking to the ref while the play is going on. It, it, and Ant does do the stream every single time. And it's kind of like, you know, the cry wolf scenario, we're like, dude, you can't go ah, every single time, dude. They're not going to like it. Like, I get you. They are bad calls. However, you know, like, it's not going to help, dude. Um, and so I do see him having conversations, both of them actually, having more conversations with the ref to just kind of, when there's a dead ball, too. I think that's key. That's been my biggest thing in general and always has in basketball. It's like, dude, there's so many dead balls. You know what I mean? Like, you'll find a time to say, what in the fuck was that, ref? You know what I mean? Uh, but you're right. I mean, that definitely plays into it. But, yeah, I mean, that that was a winnable game. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it, just talking about where we're at in general as we're getting to uh, Sunday's game, Um so, so far, it's kind of interesting. We had that long 16 stretch, right, of tough games. And we have, right now, we've faced the toughest schedule as of today, right, which is great. You think, God, we're number one seed. Now, the one, there's a couple things in there. that we, as of right now, we have the third least difficult. I don't like to use the word easy, right? But the, the third least difficult schedule but as we know, like I mentioned, the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, those, those, they're going to get better. Their, their, their records are going to get better. Um, and we know how that being in that area of seven through ten, and how you'll get on these streaks, and all of a sudden you're five games under over five hundred and whatnot. And a lot of these 
folks are going to figure it out. Even like Phoenix, you know, if they figure it out down the stretch, they're going to be dangerous. There's a lot of that there, but the only thing, so the third least difficult schedule remaining. However, we still have, including this week now, 10 back-to-backs from now until the end of the year, right? And I, I went over the schedule a little bit down the stretch of the season, like maybe the last 10, 13, 14 games, it is, there's not as many. So I think that like, for instance, Denver has had, I think eight already, whereas we've only had three back to back so far, which is pretty good sitting at mid January. So the physical mental thing, that approach, right? That is going to be tested no matter who we're playing, but we do get a lot of, you know, Detroit and this team and that Washington and Portland back to back. And so we get these teams that we have to continue to beat. Yeah. If someone shoots, you know, crazy from three and they hit 22 threes and that's different. Last year we were, you know, we were just playing like crap sometimes. And it was like, all right, dude, what's going on? So it looks good as far as schedule wise that way. Um, and we have shown that we're not, the same squad to kind of fall apart, um, you know, when we're playing crappy teams. So when you look at – I was really interested, Aaron, talking about this Clippers game, that we got off to a great start. I think it was up to like 21-8. to 8. They made a, a little bit of a compact, cut it to like 29-19 to 19 at the end uh, of the first quarter, though. Nine assists on 12 makes uh, in that first quarter, but six turnovers still. You know what I mean? Um, it was funny. Speaking of falls, Aaron, um, Rudy, there was Rudy was mic'd up, and he said, "You know, the whole first quarter, you guys didn't, you didn't, you didn't uh, call anything on them. They have zero falls in the game." Next thing you know, he drew like three within like three minutes. It was really funny. It's like that's what you got to do. Just gently say, "Hey, why aren't you calling one fall? Just give me one fall." That type of stuff. Um, you know, the Clippers are one of those teams that are so deep with talent. And, you know, two years ago, I believe, or was it three? I think it was two years ago. They probably could have made it to the finals if Kawhi Leonard was healthy. Um, their biggest thing is health. That's been their biggest thing. They got a roster. And they're also, Aaron, a team that's laced with veteran stuff, but they're also a team – that can do the small ball honest and will definitely try to do it. So that to me was a great test because I think they came in 17 and three in the last 20. So I was really looking forward to see how we uh, were going to play against them. And, and they definitely answered the bell, man. They really did. They came out swinging, like you said, got it to a nice lead, kind of carried it throughout the whole game. Um, they were getting tested and pushed. You know, you got, Harden and Westbrook and Kawhi and and all those guys over there and you're interested to see like what kind of veteran savvy tricky stuff are they going to do and you saw Westbrook do a little bit of that um but you know I like it was kind of a I don't I'm not sure if I remember if uh if the Clippers took the lead at any point uh out of the first but it feels like they just kind of were just there in the game pushing the whole time and um that was nice to see us consistently be able to stay on top of that and, and to be able to work and not, you know, fold and as we're being pushed. Um, I thought Harden, you know, 
I still haven't figured him out yet. He's a great player, but it's like, you know, he's drawing fouls and you write about the Rudy thing and the fouls, zero fouls. And then all of a sudden there's three on Rudy and, and then it's <laughs> an avalanche of fouls coming down. And, you know, you write about the cat, you know, changing his tune a little bit. And then, you know, Ant with the, Hey, when, you know, every time he makes, he takes a layup. Um, I, I think he's not getting as many calls as he will one day. Um, that being Edwards and then cat, you know, he's just got to, you know, he's never really got the whistle. I'm not sure he ever will. You just got to play through it. And you saw a little bit of that stuff going on in the Clipper game. But the most impressive thing to me, the Clipper game was defense, Jaden, and also being able to, like I said, hold the lead throughout the game, even though you're getting pushed the whole time. Um, and just to be able to, like, be consistent in rotations and so on like that. Like, Finch has really impressed me with, how he's using guys now and she's they said he shortened his bench a little bit in the clipper game yeah I thought, okay, he only well, played eight yeah okay fine um but you know you're going to need more coming out particularly like you said if we had 10 back-to-backs you're going to be you know you're going to sit mike for those back-to-backs you're going to sit rudy for those back-to-backs what are you going to do especially if there's so many of them um but yeah i i thought you know different from the boston game where i think it was more like you know where we were pushing um, we got to get pushed, and I like the fact that we maintained it. We didn't fold like a lot of times. There's fourth quarter meltdowns or what have you, but this one was it was a solid win, and you could even kind of feel it in the Clippers' uh, body language at the end of the game. They're like, okay, well, we we gave it a shot here. They stayed on top of us, and you know that that's what you want to see when you're playing a team like that. It's going to be there in the end with you. You know, you got to let them know uh, who you are and that you're not going away. Yeah. Yeah, they, they – I guess the, the worst quarter was the second quarter. Um, that 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 was like, eh, and that's when they did – I think they only had a – I want to say 38 to 37 is when they overtook it. And it was was 37 to 26, and we didn't score at all, and they went on an 11-0 run. But after that – and Powell was just out of his mind. He was just hitting these crazy shots. So – I don't – they may have gotten just a little bit of a lead again there, but you're right. Pretty much after that, um, Rudy kept drawing fouls, and McDaniels, you know, started getting to the rack and and, and, and holding uh, Paul George at the time in the third quarter, like 3 of 13. If you look at, you know, <clears throat> Kawhi and, and Harden and, and, and Paul George, you know, they, they definitely struggled, and it wasn't just – Oh, they're wide open shots and they missed them. They were getting deed up. And like I said, Rudy blocked Kawhi's go to moves a couple times. And, and I really liked, um, you know, what I saw. I thought Ant took a bunch of really good shots uh, throughout the game. Um, and, and the ball movements there and all that, Rudy, every once in a while, will do this Euro step layup. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Um, and, you know, it was, I mean, we got it up to 96 to 80 under six minutes, right? And I think it even went to 17 real quick. Um, and I think that was when Anderson hit that three. First, the fourth three of the year, which is crazy. But they did try to hack a Rudy. And it's only happened a couple times this year. Um, I think a couple times last year, too. But they tried to hack a Rudy. They went small ball. I mean, you have Rudy and Westbrook on each other, and 
you know, for a second there, it wasn't going good, right? He was like two of eight. Then he hit one. He was like three of ten. Um, but then, you know, he closed the game six of eight in the last four. And I do remember, I do remember when they do that to Shaq. And if he got there enough, all of a sudden he'd start hitting them because that's the thing about these bigs that can't shoot. Everyone will say when they're just in the gym that they can hit like seven or eight out of ten. Even Jack. But it's just different in the game. And so that was uh that was big to put it in their face, but still when you're up that much, you know, I mean late in the game, let's see. Let me see. I think it was a as much as a twelve point lead. Yeah, hundred to eighty eight with four minutes left. And Actually, yeah, still an 11-point lead with 314 left, and it got down to three points. And so kind of going to the offense and whatnot, um, you know, the flow offense is something that's been mentioned a whole lot. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. You know, this is his baby, the flow offense. He's installed it. I mean, it goes back to Denver and Jokic when he talked that franchise into – Jokic being the centerpiece um, of the offense um, and, 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 you know, moving the ball, ball, just move, move, move. And, you know, we've seen Golden State and, you know, some of these teams that can do that flow offense like crazy and they just, they have such great ball movement, but, you know, we're talking about some elite level teams, you know what I mean? So I still think there's a time and a place because sometimes we are moving the ball. Sometimes it does get sticky, no doubt about it, right? And, you know, Ant has the ball the most. Then you'd say Cat Cat and Conley kind of have the most. I mean, Ant takes the most shots, Cat's second, clearly. But, you know, Conley does have the ball a fair amount there. Um, But my, my thing is, you know, there still has to be a time where it's just more structured and play call because I love the flow and you can sit there after the game and say the ball got sticky. And that is true, right? I mean, a lot of it is the players. I want to say that first. And this isn't the think you can't coach. You know, I've never, we've never been here screaming out of emotion saying this guy's a bum, fire him, this, that, the other, right? We've, we've never done that on this show. Uh, but I still think, that there has to be some play calling that just let's go to something we know it puts, uh, you know, both Ant and Cat and everybody, but especially those two, in very comfortable positions. It's like, hey, we know he's really good at this play, Ant, and so he can drive and dish if it's there. He knows all the options on this. He's very comfortable. Let's keep running that or whatever. And I'm no genius when it comes to X and O's, but there are times I just don't, and I think I didn't finish this all the way, but there's just times last year, still this year, and then in that Memphis series especially where it's like, all right, dude, you know, at some point the team, how many more times can the team prove to you that they can't do the flow offense most of the time? And it, for the, you know, a majority, right, 70% of the game, 80% of the game, they can. And it works. And it is beautiful basketball. That extra pass, I mean, this team is 
extra passing way more than they did last year. I mean, it, it, it really is a thing of beauty. People are getting open shots. Everyone's happy at that time. But in those spots, those little time frames, I still think that we need more structure because until Ant can break down the defense knowing it right away what to do, until we can all be comfortable together, it, it, we just we're right there in the lead for turnovers. And, yeah, and so I don't know how many more times we can watch it without just whatever it is, more structure. I don't know. That that's the one thing that offensively is still a little funky. So you're calling for Rambus back in the triangle. Well, that's, that's what, what I saying. was going to say. I mean, you know, he's this a good guy. thing. Yeah, he can take a hard, hard foul. You know. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I'm with you on that. There's got to, just for the comfort of those guys, like, you know, you're in a tight game, you, you can go to this, you know, these sets of maybe five to six things that seem to be very uh, successful for you in times of need, we can work into that and, and get a bucket. You know, uh, that is something I'd like to see too. I do like the flow. I do like the extra passing. It is beautiful basketball when done right, but you know, we're, we're young and we're moving and, uh, you can't, in, in hot spots, I'd like to see him have some, some go-to stuff, you know, that you just know, okay, well, this is when, you know, cat's going to back down. There we go. There's the pass ant in the corner, boom, you know, or whatever it is, something you can predict. Um, you know, and it's coming off the Clipper game, you're right. They tried to throw a lot of stuff at the wall, Chris. They read, they did, you know, the, some vet savvy stuff. They did the, you know, the small ball thing, tried to work on Rudy, just did little things, you know, that could go on tape and people could be like, oh, that was effective. That wasn't effective. You know, let's try doing this when we play them and, and whatnot. And uh, I thought we handled it fairly well, you know, so it's not like you're going to see recurring themes uh, because the Clippers were so successful at, at hack a Rudy or, or whatever it was. I think they were able to, you know, fend those type of deals off. And, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, you're going to see – throughout the progression of the season, different people try different things like, and, and see if it works. Um, and then Finch has got to counter that. And, you know, I think I like defensively what Finch has done. Well, I like the whole overview of Finch. I, I, there's some people yes. out there that really are just like, you know, Finch this and Finch that. It's like, dude, you know, we kind of called when we walked in. We're just, we're like, oh yeah, this guy's kind of seems like a basketball coach. And he's kind of proven to be that now, you know, what, what's he going to do when Ant, you know, is what Ant will finally become when Ant hits his prime. You know, and how's that going to work and how's he going to manage it? I'm sure it's still a work in progress. And same with the flow and all that. Maybe he finds something more effective uh, down the road with, with Jaden and Ant and everybody that works a little bit better. Uh, you know, but for right now, I'm, I'm liking it. And, you know, to go back to your point about a little bit of structure, you know, I think you'll start to see that maybe towards the end of the season when it progresses a little bit more about certain things that guys will know, you know, instinctively what positions to get in and it'll look like a play out of the flow, but it won't necessarily be a called play. Um, you know, just when things get more comfortable, I mean, we're quite a bit into the season at this point, but I think it'll progress to things where there's go-to stuff that you can use uh, if we get into the playoff uh, world and you're going to need to have uh, two points here, you know, three points there. And uh, that will probably come organically is what I'm thinking. I'm just, you know, throwing spitballs here of what might be uh, something that, you know, is going with the flow that Finch might be trying to do is have them sort of create their own go-to stuff. Yeah. And we saw that last year too. 
you know, we, we got better as the season went on, and I think we're kind of stuck on two years ago when I remember that after January 2nd, we kept saying that date because after that our offense was just nuts. Um, and so we keep – I don't know. It, it's It's different, and there are some times – I'll say this. You know, when we didn't have Rudy on there and we had Cat back at the five, you know, the floor did open up, you know. So it is one of those things that is going to be ongoing. Um, speaking of Jaden McDaniels, right, so he's had an up-and-down year mostly because of injuries. Um, you know, he, like defensively, you know, he's only getting better, right? That That's what he is. He still can have the really dumb foul. The emotional fall. Um, he hasn't punched the wall or anything, so that's a positive. No, but I think people are a little, you know, he signed the big deal, right? And the work you put in and what you produce, especially when you're, he's 23, um, that's what kind of contract you get because it's based off what they also think that you can grow into. And so, for one, we're not in that contract just yet. He still has this year. So uh, everybody just calm down a little bit. But I think folks are forgetting he got hurt in the preseason, um, came back a couple games in, started to kind of get the rust off, find his groove, get his legs, and then he played really, really high level there for a chunk of time. Got a little mixed up. I think it was his hip. Um and it didn't look right, started looking good again, and then he twisted his ankle, and he was out for a little time. So, and now there's, like, the first quarter, uh, I think of the last game, it was like, oh, shit, yes, you know. So his aggression has to be there, uh, keep shooting, um, you know, his shots off a little bit this year. But I think it's just the getting into the, speaking of flow, getting into the flow and Hopefully he doesn't have anything that sidelined him, you know, knock on wood, sidelines him uh, for, for two, you know, for, for long stretch again. Because I think that has really, it's been an up and down weird year for him as far as consistency. But, you know, he's, he's if you don't think he's part of the future, you're out of your mind now. J-Mac, speaking of injury, he's been a lot more on and off, you know, that two years ago. It really felt like we had our backup point guard locked and loaded. And, you know, ever since then, we haven't. He got hurt last year. Him and uh, Cat had that cat calf issue. But it's really something that we've seen is lately is he is starting to knock down a three here and there. Um, and it sucks because if you don't do that, they're just going to back off you. And they're going to say, go ahead, man, take the shot. But if he's not driving, then he's not as good a player. And, you know, do I feel like he might be starting, you know, to turn a corner there? It feels kind of like that. Um, as far as the other members of the bench, Troy Brown and Shake Milton. Troy Brown, when Edwards went out for a couple games with that hip injury, when he went down really hard on his hip, um, and I think his knee got in there too. He played really good in that spot duty. Um, he's played fairly good off the bench. Shake Milton hasn't quite fit in. Um, it's kind of interesting, and this is what I mean by certain things. It's like, well, 
you want Shake to be aggressive because that's what he is, but then you, you have the flow offense. So it's like he's really trying to find his place in on the team. He's a good player. He might be draft capital, or not not draft capital, but, you know, something that we trade. But the point is, right now, as it stands, we need a backup point guard. Um, because we have three guys, you know, Alexander Walker, Nas, and Slomo. Those three are, are ready to go. But as far as scoring, Nas is the only guy that consistently scores scores. So um, we are missing – a backup guy to kind of like what we talked about Conley. Um, and, and one of the real positive things, I know people don't like to talk about D'Lo, but that was we actually found a way to really get the most out of him. And you saw our bench was really good when he'd get taken off the court early and then come back with the bench. And I'm not saying do that with Conley. I, I don't think that's what we do here because we need him in the starting lineup and play all the way through like that. But whatever it is, I mean, Ty, you know, Tyus is a big name. I would love him. That'd be a perfect fit. I don't know if we're able to get him, but there are some guards out there that I wouldn't doubt within this last month before the trade deadline if they don't make a move. Now, J Max still has potential. Troy Brown and Shake Milton. Shake Milton is who I kind of thought was going to be our backup point guard. But that is the one thing that our bench just doesn't deliver compared to other benches right now, but it's so close to delivery. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, we need a score. Yeah. We need yeah. somebody. We need, like, you know, Vinny Microwave Johnson. We need somebody to come off the bench, like a Beasley. I mean, not not Beasley. You know, we don't want to be chucking things again. But, um, but yeah, like, like that. Yeah. somebody can come out and get shots and work with uh, with Kyle and, and everybody else, uh, Nas, and uh, off the bench. And, you know – yeah, Tyus would be a great fit. Obviously, it'd be the perfect fit. Um, the logistics of it, you know, who knows? Um, if it happens, I'd be ecstatic. Um, if it's not, like you said, there are some guards that you're going to talk about. Um, but, you know, J-Mac's been with us for a while, Chris. We've had some goods. You know, he's been streaky, you know. And, and by streaky, I mean, like, three-month segments of each season where it's like he can't make a shot or he can't get to the hole or he can't make a three Um or he's in, or he's hurt, you know, it's, it's always like a, you know, a 90 day window of what, what he is at the time. And it's kind of just sort of always been that way with him. Um, and it's kind of that way now too. Like I said, he might be turning the corner. Uh, nonetheless, an upgrade at that position would not hurt anybody. And it also could be contrast with him as well. I mean, if you're looking at him, uh, you know, two seasons ago, uh, the talent wasn't the same on the squad as it is now. And so maybe he, you know, he's shown a little bit brighter as of now where it's like there's a lot of talent here where you got Shake Milton that's not getting any time and Troy Brown is not getting any time. And then you look at Jordan and you're like, okay, well, you know, should you be getting any time with the way you're going, right. you know? And it's like, okay, you know, a plucky player, don't get me wrong, is definitely a yeah. place for him. It just might be a little bit farther down the bench. Yeah, you're right. Because there are times where you – Conley's not a big point guard. But you don't necessarily want to go back to back <laughs> with even a shorter, smaller guy. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think it's a work in progress. Um, that's something we're going to definitely keep an eye on. Um, there's going to be a lot of rumors out there. Some of them are going to be like, what are you talking about? Others, 
I think will come true. And who knows? It may not be the it may be the and this is something that we're not used to, but it may be the buyout market where we pick up a veteran guy. Um our buyout market guys have generally not been that good. They've been really, you know, on their last leg, nothing much at all left. Um you never know. We do have a guy right now um that is a feisty guy. <laughs> He uh, he he's playing in Iowa right now. He picked him up and he once blew into LeBron's ear trying to bug him. Um, so he is there. I'm gonna I'm not gonna even say his name, but he is there. And he and people are freaking out because he just got a triple double, uh, you know, in the league below the NBA. So he I guess that's a that's a potential there. But um, but yeah, I I, I overall. You know, I, I, I this 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 is a really it's close to being that elite level team, and, and like you said about defense, you know, you, you can bring defense on the road. You can put it on the home. You can go to Alaska with it. You can go to the North Pole. You can go to Pluto with defense. So um, this week coming up tomorrow, Detroit gotta win that. Now that Ja Morant, who just got back, and they were kind of playing much better. Go figure, of course. Um, He's hurting now really bad, like he had a surgery on his shoulder. He's out for the season. Um, so that got at home, got to beat Memphis. And then it's a home game against OKC, and we beat them the first time. This last time, they played really, really well, and we tried to get into the game and tighten it up, and we just couldn't do it. They played their ass off. We didn't play our best game, but I'd say they more played their just a great game. Uh, so it, I think it's one and one on the season. It's a big, big game. So I, I think we can actually go three and zero, oh, but at very minimum two and one. But I, something tells me at home on Saturday, um, it's not a back to back. We will get a little day rest. Um, I think it is three games, four nights. But okay, city. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they're gonna win that game and go three and zero. Oh, but that that's a big game just because you know them in Denver. And the Clippers are, are just right there nipping at us for first place, sir. Have we officially uh, gotten past the point of worrying about the Detroit game and whether or not we're going to drop that one out of nowhere? Um, are we there yet? I hope we are. You know? I mean, like I said, if they hit 22 threes, yeah. then it's acceptable somewhat, you know, to lose to a bad man. Yeah, I mean, it still lingers, man. It still lingers, no doubt. It could be an ugly one, and we just sneak it out. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You that's know. a good question. <laughs> right. And then Ja back in time for us. That's great. Uh, it's always a fun game well, to watch. done. He's done for the season. Oh, yeah. He hurt his shoulder again is what you're saying? Yeah, right. he, he tore up his shoulder. He had to have surgery. He's done. We still got to deal with what's-his-face, Mr. Uh, Bully Ball. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh <sighs> It's not the three point. It's not Bane. It's the other guy. Nonetheless, got to play him. Um, Thunder, you're right. That's the highlight game here. I think we beat the Pistons. I think we beat the Grizzlies. The Thunder's a big one. That's the one we want, whether we win the other two. Um, they are playing really well. They match up pretty decently. And like you said, we're one and one against them. I think, you know, I'm going to go. I'll be the pessimist. I'm going to say we're going, we'll go two and one. We lose to the Thunder. And you can say three and no, we beat the Thunder. Um, uh, 
it just kind of seems if we get these two wins, maybe we, we pick up a loss with it. And that, that's a bad loss due to the Thunder. Uh, so it, obviously, obviously you want to, you want to win that one, but, uh, you know, it could be tough. Um, so I'll say they, they dropped that one. Not the end of the world, but it's, it's a pretty big game considering the standings at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're playing. And, and once again, they are, they're on that fairly small ball. I mean, I know they got Chet from here, but overall, they're a small, small lineup. So it is one of those matchups that are, are going to be tough like that. And, and you know, um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We'll see. I mean, um, the last couple of games, kind of every other game or something, Ant has been questionable. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't play tomorrow just to give him an extra day or something like that. But um, – you know, we'll see. Like I said, he went down really hard on his leg and his hip, for, you know, earlier in the season. And there was a little lull there where he was hurt. Then he tried to come back, and he probably shouldn't have came back. And he left the game like four minutes into the game. And so, um, and that was like at the beginning of December. <clears throat> so, you know, if he's not playing, then yeah. But um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game, win or lose, because it's just a good experience. Um, <clears throat> real quick, cause we're running late on the Gophers, you know, they lost to Indiana and then they lost to Iowa. They got off to a great start against Iowa. And then it was like a 25 to six, uh, run on us. It's not so good. A lot of people were calling for Payne to come off the bench and give more minutes, which I was watching it, but he was cramping up. That's the reason why they didn't put him back in the game. Cause we, we needed that presence majorly in that game they killed us in the paint like just destroyed us there so we did we definitely needed him I thought it was a mediocre really kind of poor shooting but mediocre defense which that hasn't been the case that Indiana game uh, that we had a seven game winning streak with okay wins in there nothing to write home about we started off conference play pretty well but the way we started the first half Aaron and the second half it really on the road, you're probably not going to win many games on the road when you start that way. So we're three and three in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it was nice. The, the positive about that last game was Dawson Garcia, who was out for about five games or something like that. He had a couple games in a row where he just didn't look all that great. He was trying to find his groove and, and getting the rust off and all that. He looked great in that game. Uh, I think they got five players with 10 points or more on average that Hawkins is averaging like over seven a game assist, which up until recently, I think it was leading the nation. They got like, I'd say about seven strong players, right? That are kind of a, a mix of some youth that have only been here for this, their second year and a mix of veterans. But, um, you know, that Cam Christie is starting to improve that true freshman pain, you know, 10 and almost six off the bench. Mitchell, I like Mitchell just offensively. The transfer that Hawkins, like I said, a damn good point guard. Um, and I think we can overall keep shooting better from three. We have, I counted them, five guys that can shoot 35 or more. I think that, you know, up until this last game, I thought we played really solid defense, but it, it did kind of falter there. Um but this team has some depth 
I like what I see, and, and this is a year for Ben Johnson to really show his chops. We have to have at least a solid year where we're messing with the bubble, where we actually qualify for the NIT. You know, if we're not qualifying for the NIT, things are going to get real hot under that seat because there's talent here. It still needs to gel, but I do like what I see thus far. Let's see if they can keep going as we get into the Big Ten uh, season even more, you know? Yeah, I do too. I, I like it, Chris. I'm a little tentative, and it, we're going to know a lot more now. We're kind of in the heat of the Big Ten season now, and uh, it's a little bit off. You know, that run Iowa made is a little bit scary. Uh, I like the Hawkins kids, like like you said. Uh, Garcia back's a big thing. I just think, you know, you're right about also the outcome. If you're not, you know, if you're not uh, eligible for the NIT, that's a big problem. Um, and you should be in, you know, working on tournament stuff. Um, but, you know, right now it's a work in progress. I get that. And there's a lot of parts that have to go together. I just want to kind of, you know, lay back and take another week and catch up next week about it. But I just want to kind of see the progression of this team in the, in the Big Ten and, and how they kind of play. Um, you know, last year obviously was, a, was just a mess um, going through the Big Ten, and it's a tough league. Everybody gets that, but you know, you, you got to be able to play, and it's 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 your league. So, I really want to kind of just take a a bigger look. I think, like you said, there's six, seven players there. They've got a base. It's nice. Uh, I think they could improve and maybe win. You got 500. Is that out of, out of uh, uh, too much to ask for a Big Ten uh, season? I don't know, um, but at least it's competitive and needs to be competitive. Um, we're not used to having a, a, a non-relevant uh, Big Ten basketball team uh, in town. So, um, like I said, I'm a little weary. Uh, and by that, I just, you know, I'm not going to get on on the praise bandwagon here and just be like, yeah, okay, this is this is it, you know, because I know it is the beginning of something here. But, you know, I, I think it's a good start, Chris. I want to kind of see how it progresses. And we're going to do that on the show, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how it kind of progresses. I want it to go in an upward direction. Um, but it's also possible it's going through uh, the teeth of the Big Ten. It could, you know, take a turn as well. But uh, that wouldn't be the worst thing either. You just have to say, okay, but there is hope. There is this there. Um, I'm seeing the writing on the wall type of deal. And I don't know if it's there yet, but I will know by watching more. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Big Ten is not as deep um, as far as, like, ranked teams at the moment. Uh, high-level teams at the moment. Right now, Wisconsin and Purdue have kind of separated themselves if you look at their non-conference, and clearly Wisconsin so far this year. But, yeah, I mean, if they got to 500, we're going to the tournament. Um, so we'll we'll see. You know, but like I said, at least NIT kind of gives you that vibe of uh, bowl practices. You know what I mean? Where you're like, well, you know, it'd be nice for this team to, to play some more games together that are winning, you're out. I will say this, you know, in the transfer portal era, which basketball has already been in this era, they've always, or not always, but for, for at least five to seven years, if your coach leaves, you can generally play the next year. We got screwed on that one year, right? <laughs> and who knows where that team would have went um, a couple years back, like four years back or whatever. But um, my point is, I'm not saying this whole team's coming back because that's, and that's just not my mindset, but everybody has eligibility to come back next year. 
So let's try to keep that in mind, too, where a bunch of these guys are going to come back. Really, as far as anybody turning pro, maybe Garcia. But if he does have that, once again, great year that propels him to be in the first round, potentially, that that probably tells you that we're having a pretty damn good season. But, uh, yeah, don't want to get too excited as well. But we definitely need to see a jump this year. You want to uh, take us home, sir? I thought, uh, you know, a surprising Wolves team, um, I know a surprising Gophers team, um, very cold weather. That's supposed to change uh, about the end of this week if you're up here in Minnesota. You're cold at the moment. Um, but, yeah, check out the show anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, home base is Rope-A-Dope Radio. And uh, we will – let's hope for 3-0, and like you said, any Wolves picks. Uh, you know, that would be prime, but – at the very least, let's beat the thunder and we'll talk to you next week.